everyone and welcome to episode 117 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hello! Yay! Episode 117! Yay! We're getting so close to Uncovered now. I know, I can't believe it's only like two weeks away. We're going to finally learn when Final Fantasy 15 is releasing. Yes. It's going to be amazing and <gasps> hopefully it's not next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I doubt it will be. Everybody's been saying no, so... I, I'm I'm pretty pretty certain it's going to be this year. We're confident. It's coming right. out. So we've got three segments for you this episode. The first one actually relates to Uematsu-san. So someone asked us to discuss how we feel the departure of Uematsu has affected the games that have been released since. I think that's a pretty good topic, actually. Yeah, I do Hence too. Hence why we're featuring on the show. Yeah. Then we've got another community guest, thanks to our Patreon support. And then we've got some questions. Ooh, sounds sinister. Actually, you always sound sinister. Yeah, we always sound sinister. But for you new folks, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday rotating in, working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union. We also come on iTunes, and the podcast is readily available on FinalFantasyUnion.com and YouTube.com forward slash FFUnionVids. Yay, FFUnionVids. We actually have two reviews from iTunes this episode to talk about. So we've got one from Raypep23, who's from the UK, who says, hands down, one of the best podcast series in the universe. In the universe? In the universe. And then we've got another one from the US, which is from Trebor Soretno, who says that this is the best gaming franchise podcast ever. Can't wait for more. Hopefully you still feel that after I've probably just butchered your name. Yes. You know, these things can't to. be helped. But no, I, I, I liked that we're... um. The best one in the universe. I mean, like, honestly, that's a that's a big feat. I think we're going up against a lot of aliens there. It's very true. Yeah. The people on Mars, they're all they're all playing Final Fantasy. They we could have a lot of listeners. Yeah, we could do. Anyway, moving on, we have our Patreon section. So again, if you want to support the show on Patreon, please head to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. We have an exclusive show called Please Be Excited if you just pledge one dollar per episode. And you can also get entered into a monthly giveaway. We've done two of the giveaways so far. The winners have been contacted. Um, and also, we're going to go on to the $2.50 pledge now. So anyone who pledges $2.50 gets a shout-out on the show and a shout-out for their Twitter if they have one. Yay! So first of all, we have Tiger Crane, who is at Pearl Poo Milkshake. And then we have Christian Birch. And we've got William Trengove, who is at Varnus the Axure. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Then we've got Skylar Loveless, who's a new pledge this episode. Uh, Michael Graham. Then we've got Zach Duranto, who's at ZDuranto58. Chris Volant, Moosehead Studio. And we've got Peter Lamb. Irwin Velez. Alex Troutman at Akira Namejin. Manning Franks, like underscore Peyton. We've got Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Billy Jackson, underscore Billy Jackson. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Squail. Joni Oja, Diacore for Life. Then we've got another new pledge who is Mohammed Kayum. Apologies if I have pronounced that wrong. We do love you guys. We Thank do. you guys so much for everything. All right, next up, we have uh, just a little update on the fan gathering that we've got coming up. As you mentioned last episode, um, it's actually very close now. Uh, it's going to be in a couple of days. And just to give you a, a kind of view of where we're at, we've got about 100 people that are going to be coming now. So if you've been teetering on whether or not you want to come, we really think you should consider it. There's going to be so many Final Fantasy fans there. And like just with stuff like the pub quiz, it, we introduced that last time and it was a great way to meet new people. So even if you're going to come by yourself, there is 
plenty of opportunity for you to meet new fans and make some new friends. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it's this is sort of the one event that can happen where it's just Final Fantasy people. And these relationships can spawn into other events as well. I mean, quite a lot of us go to MCM and stuff, and we're just a huge community. And there's the concerts as well, which obviously is just like another part of it. And actually, as part of this, uh, you know, we have a really good relationship with the people that put on the Symphonic Fantasies and the Final Symphony concerts. And they've actually donated a pair of tickets for the people that... for the person who wins the Theatrism tournament. Yeah. Um, we've also got Bryce Hitchcock, the voice actor f- uh, of Deuce in Type-Zero HD coming over. We've got a physical triple triad tournament. There's going to be a cosplay competition. There's going to be a raffle. There's going to be challenges where you can test your Final Fantasy gaming skills. Yeah. Like, there's so much that you can get involved with. So, yeah, if you're teetering on it, then, um, you know, please, please consider coming. Um, we, we really want to meet as many of the fans as possible. And, you know, it's great just to meet other Final Fantasy fans too. Yeah, definitely. There's really no other... Final Fantasy gathering like this at the moment in London. Or the world. Or the world. So, our main topic, which was suggested by Jatirin Tayag, I believe. Again, I'm I'm doing so great with the pronunciation today. Oh yes, Daris. Oh yes. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. So they asked if we can talk about Nobuo Uematsu and how it changed the feel of the games after he left Square Enix. For those who are potentially not familiar with what happened, um, Uematsu's last full game working on the music was actually Final Fantasy IX. And um, for Final Fantasy X, he was working on it as an independent composer, but then he decided to bring on board Jiji Nakano and Masashi Hamwazu because I think he was just getting tired of it and the deadlines were really tight and um, it was just very difficult for him to kind of churn the music out in the way that he had done in the past. So you know, he brought these two on board and then actually that was the last game that he officially worked on as a Square Enix composer. He has since contributed to other games, so he, he contributed the main theme for Final Fantasy XII. And he also worked on the original soundtrack for Final Fantasy fourteen before they binned it all. Yeah. <laughs> and did a new one for A Realm Reborn. So he's still around. And of course, he's doing lots of work for Mistwalker and other freelance projects as well. But, you know, it's, you know, there's two things. I mean, how is, how did him leaving affect the company? Um, and obviously, yeah, how did him leaving affect the games for the music that we've had since? I mean, it was very yeah. different because, up until um, Final Fantasy, well, up until Final Fantasy X, we'd never had another composer working on a main series game. We'd we'd had other composers working on spin-offs, for example, you know, uh, Sakamoto had worked on the Final Fantasy Tactics franchise, and even like if you think about it, with Kingdom Hearts, Yoko Shimomura working on Kingdom Hearts, that was another composer that's just in the same sort of realm and is now doing fifteen. Yeah, and. I think, um, you know, obviously Uematsu kind of forced their hand a bit, but Square Enix did have lots of other composers kind of on their roster at the time. But it was always that none of them really needed to step up into the Final Fantasy genre because Uematsu was doing such a great job. Yeah, the only ones that kind of helped were um, Hamwazu, um, who helped a bit with the orchestration. So he helped with like uh, Liberi Fatali and, or no, that wasn't him. Which one was it? No, that's Shiro Hamaguchi you're thinking of. Yeah, he Shiro worked Hamaguchi. on um, the orchestration for Final Fantasy Seven and And then eight. he also did um, Final Fantasy X ending theme. Yep. Um, I loved his work. I really did. Um, yeah, he worked well with Uematsu. Like it was, yeah. he obviously was worked more on the arrangement front as opposed to the the original composition. Yeah, but even still, yeah, it, it was primarily Nobuo, and it's just crazy to think because even with like the Final Fantasy series as a whole, like there's been like a different director since about Final Fantasy V. Nobody has 
sort of been in that set huge role in yeah, the game like Sakaguchi moved around you know he was the director yeah. and his producer Kitaze and... wasn't always the front runner uh, Nomura wasn't always the main character designer I guess the only Nomura is probably the only person who is comparable because he's been the main character designer since 7 yeah so but 7, I 8, mean, 9, 10, 10 but to 2. think Nobu um, has been doing it since the beginning yeah I mean, like, to do 10 games. Yeah, I mean, he's the only person that's his ability stood the test of time. Like, it's just crazy. And not only that, but the fact that, like, the soundtracks were always so huge. It wasn't like a game like Street Fighter where you have a set amount of characters. Okay, I need to do a theme for each of these characters. And And it's maybe, like, 14 and that's it. This is, like a hundred over a hundred tracks for all these different moments in the game and they all have to be like they all kind of have the same theme similar themes but then some of them are completely different and completely separate from the main theme and uh it's just anybody could go crazy any composer like that's just insane each game obviously was very different too they all had very different styles he had to look at each game and its merits and come up with a different complete and also the technology the technology changed yeah. so much from the NES yeah. through to the PlayStation 2 and then I, the orchestrated stuff. I can't even imagine what he felt like the first time he heard it at like Distant Worlds, how he felt hearing the hearing it done by actual orchestra. Yeah, it's crazy. Right, so back on to the actual question, which is yeah. how do we feel it changed when he left? It's a bit difficult to judge initially because I don't feel with 12, they would have necessarily gone with him anyway. Mm. because it's Sakamoto's baby. Uh, it's just like Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. Uematsu worked on it in a tiny amount, but it was Sakamoto. Sakamoto did Vagrant Story. Sakamoto did Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. That was his, like, Evilly's franchise is his thing. So it wouldn't have surprised me if they'd actually gone with Sakamoto for that game anyway. Yeah. Maybe with Uematsu supporting, like he did yeah. do with uh, Kiss Me Goodbye, but probably in a more active role, it might have been... I know, 50-50 or um, 25-75 split. But I still feel that Sakamoto would have been involved with that soundtrack. The weird one for me is 10-2. Mm. Now, it's a very different style. Yeah. Um, and obviously they brought in Noguchi and Matsuda. But I would have loved to have seen how Uematsu approached that game. Because the soundtrack is so perfect for everything that happens. It's like so yeah. vibrant and bubbly. And yeah. like the instrumentation works really well. I don't know how he would have approached that. Yeah, it would have been really interesting to see. I wonder if he would have done more like metal instead of the sort of pop sort of songs, if he would have gone more with the other world type songs with it. It's true, actually. Uh, I mean, I I still feel that like real emotion and a thousand words would have something would have still existed in that theme probably wouldn't have been like the same because the the pop music that he'd done in the past had it it had been like one thousand words is probably more Uematsu style. Yeah. Real emotion. Especially the orchestrated yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah, real emotion. That is not him. <laughs> but it would have been funny to see him do like a screamo version of real emotion. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, so those two are slightly different. Um, I don't, again, I, because Ten T was a spin off, I don't necessarily think that he would have been actively involved. Like, it's, no. that, yeah, Ten T and 30, sorry, Ten T and 12, I don't think we really saw any of the effects on those games. I think where we saw it was 13. Yeah. Yeah, 13 was when it was like, oh, God, 
Nobu Uematsu is gone. Obviously, with the 13, the, actually, the original plan was that Uematsu was going to do the main theme, um, just as they have done with 12. And then that was going to be some kind of catalyst that was going to be used throughout, I believe. Yeah. Because one of the criticisms that uh, came with him doing the 12 main theme was actually Kiss Me Goodbye had no real musical relationship to the rest of the soundtrack. Yeah. It just sounded completely different. So with 13, I think it was going to be more of an ingrained approach. But the problem then came was that they decided, no, actually, we want you to do the 14 soundtrack. I know, which is really, really random to, for them to just go to that. And then also, like, it's kind of like with 13 as well that you really notice that Nobu Imatsu's gone because... um they didn't use a main theme in that either, really. Like, the ending theme was My Hands. Where else do you hear My Hands? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it's strange because, obviously, because Uematsu um, was shifted to 14, um, Hamuazu actually ended up writing the Japanese main theme himself, which it makes more sense. Um, again, it didn't really... I guess because of how it happened, he had to then... It's weird that he wouldn't have, I mean, because um, Kimigi, where it is, um, it, it didn't really have that much of a theme compared to the main game. But they also cut some other vocal tracks out. It's a bit strange, but... Yeah, it was just a really, really strange game. And it wasn't a very graceful... It's a strange game. Well, a strange sort of situation. It wasn't a very graceful transition from... No, I mean, it was never going to be Uematsu what game. everyone wanted because Hamuizo no. has a very different style to Uematsu. And if yeah. you've listened to any of his other soundtracks, like Dirge of Cerberus or the Saga franchise, then it's, it's a completely different style. And I think in some ways it worked out well because Lightning Returns and what well, Lightning, the Lightning franchise is it's a very different feel. Um, it's a bit more serious. Um, and obviously it's, it's much, is much more of a graphical overhaul. Um, and I don't, it's weird to say, but I don't know if Uematsu's style would have necessarily worked with the more realistic graphics. No. Um, because like, his soundtracks always have the quirky nature to them. Like there's obviously the serious tracks, but he always uses like those weird, really strange, uh, instruments. Yeah. Like in 10, there's always like the, like, I don't know, like, he Well, is that because of the technology that they were still no, using? No, it's just, I think or it's just the way he just does him. it. Yeah. 13 didn't really have that quirkiness no. to it but no. i think and i love i love blinded by light i think that that's a fantastic battle theme yeah. as well it's it's so different but it's so nice and it it got away from that baseline <laughs> that biggest line that's in every single final much, fantasy yeah. game it was just like um and you know i'm really like the first soundtrack that i think i've been really looking forward to since probably 10 is 15 because I've hey, I've we're jumping really... ahead a bit here. Oh, sorry. Okay, never mind. Hey, we're we're still on the thirteen franchise. Okay, thirteen franchise. Then we can get uh, onto sorry. that in a bit, Lauren. Sorry, but uh, thirteen two was interesting as well because it was a bit. It was a bit like the ten two soundtrack, really. Like in how many different styles were throughout it. Yeah. So I mean, this one they obviously decided that Hamwazu needed some help, so they brought on board Mizuta and a couple of other composers as well, I think. But I think Mizuta stuff really shone through. But I think the difference that we've seen with the post Uematsu soundtracks is that I guess Ten Two is a slight deviation from this. But with Uematsu soundtracks, every single person, every single place had a theme that you could associate with that object or person or thing. Mm. So um, I, I don't know. Like um, I'm doing a really bad example here. Like the world map themes were always a big thing. Uh, airship themes. Uh, as a character themes, um, location themes like Cosmo Canyon or like any of the things like that, they got, as Uematsu's gone out, they've just disappeared. 
it's one of my big gripes about um, Final Fantasy X. Now, some people disagree with me on this, but I feel that the location themes like Besed, Kilika, Luca, they all just blend. Like, there's nothing, mm-hmm. especially Luca and like Guado Salom, they're just stuff. See, I'll, I'll agree with you for Luca and Guado Salom. Was Luca, was this, Luca I, was I always mix, no, that's 10 t one, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I keep, I keep like mixing them up. Um, uh, I forget how Luca went, but Luca and Guado Salom in particular, I, that's kind of whatever his name is. Um, that's Jinja Nakano. Yeah, Nakano. His work is just incidental. It's like not really that. But then that twelve fantastic. had the same thing. Uh, Error Village is probably I'm grabbing after a little bit. But. I actually really do like Killika's theme, and I I like um, that it incorporates Sutakinada. Um, but that wasn't Killika's theme though. That was just like an Uematsu yeah. Uma- wrote that one too. Yeah. So okay. But um, that was I um, like, Spear, like, right? Yeah, I love I love Besaid's theme though. I think that it's really I, I, think I that's like the, it. That's the only one. I, I I can't remember who composed that one. It may have been Uematsu. Um, I I still prefer the ten ten T version of all the locations. I know you do. I um, know, but I I like it a lot. I I think the little scale is is pretty. But and... I, but as I was saying, like I think this is the thing that we've kind of missed. Like those locations uh all the themes like every single character in the past had a theme you might not have even known it sometimes when you're actually going back like not most people don't necessarily remember titus's theme or Lulu's no. theme or but then that's the thing as well that only really came in in final fantasy 6 with the main characters themes yeah. like that was really the first time that it happened so it's really only been around for six seven eight nine yeah ten. so about like four games five and games. they've had them in the more recent ones but they haven't been as memorable. I um, almost feel like they got a bit carried away because every character had to have a theme then, didn't they? Because that was how they were doing it. So, like, no wonder Nobu got <laughs> burnt out because every single character. And there's, like, a ton of characters that they have to write themes for. And it's like every one of them has to have a theme because they have to match what they did in the past. But I think that's where it's a bit strange because, like, you think about 13, the character themes, like, Snow's theme. Don't really know. It's, like, um, it's like that heavy metal beginning. Mm. Uh, it's like, do, 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 I can't kind of even thing. remember do, do, do. it. It's so bad. Um, I do, like, this is not, this is not to insult 13. I just, I can't remember. This is, and this is the problem that we've had since Uematsu has left. I feel yeah. personally that the soundtracks aren't anywhere near as memorable and we discussed it on when we were on Gaming Music FM. Yeah. Uh, and we had um, Daniel Floyd on it. He's the the main voice of Extra Credits. Mm. And it was just that w- there are a couple of tracks in the Final Fantasy XIII soundtrack that stand out. Blinded by Light. Yeah. Um, you've obviously got the Fabio Nova Cristal's theme. Um, there's like the the lightning montage kind of thing. But I think it's, we worked out that probably about half the soundtrack is actually just arrangements of one track or like different themes of it. Yeah. And outside of that, there's not really any location based themes um it's a bit like yeah like it's a soundtrack of not really anything in particular i mean but it's very well produced yeah and there are some sound there are some tracks on it that are really good yeah but it's not like an omasa soundtrack where you can go through the seven soundtrack and you can probably like think about exactly where each of those different pieces have because they're all completely different yeah there are obviously like different um bits that are lended to other elements and then if you look at like 10 or whatever like they'll nine especially um you know melodies of life is placed throughout and 10 you've got suteki done that placed in like um garnet's theme or unison yeah. like they're they're the, the similar things and and um 
Eyes on Me is kind of similar. Like it's, yeah, it's, Eyes it's on Me, bits. Amy, all that stuff. But with 13, it just kind of didn't. And then 13 2 as well. I, I like, this is why I like it because Caius had a theme. Mm. It was really good. Yeah. Noel had a theme. It was memorable. And the piano stuff based around Sarah was really good. It yeah. was memorable. And even the location themes, they had lyrics, they had personality. Like you can remember the new Bodum theme because it's yeah. new Bodum's theme. Yeah. Like, and that was a great theme as and well. And that was, and that was what 13-2 kind of brought back. And that's why I think that Mizuta actually showed that he had a lot to offer mm. from that soundtrack. But then Lightning Returns kind of went back a bit. And I don't like the Lightning Returns soundtrack. I don't think it's that great. I think it's yeah. just kind of went back to the, I think it's probably the worst of the three, actually. It's my least favorite to play on the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, the battle music's all right. Yeah. But then I, it all just blends into one. I, I don't know which game any of the battle music's really from, apart from Blinding, Blind by Light. But the, the, third, the Lightning Returns music sounds like it should be in one of the other two games. It's basically, I don't know. I just get really confused by it. Yeah, I know. I can't remember anything from, from those games. But it's, it's, it is, it is good though that with um with thirteen two yeah there is a bit more of that but then also like I mean thinking about Type Zero as well like um Ichimoto's uh soundtrack Ichimoto's he's a I lot think better he's at quite it. good because he also incorporates some of the older um some of the uh, older themes as well like I mean the Chocobo theme he does has. but I mean there is the slight problem with um you know Crisis Core again. Half the soundtrack was either an arrangement of an old piece, fair mm. enough. Yeah. You kind of had to do that. Yeah. Or it was uh, a rearrangement of um, Price the, the of main theme. Yeah. Yeah. So but it was a good, different it versions. But it was a good theme and a lot of people love the theme. It was, but it's yeah. just too much. Yeah. But I think with Type Zero, I, I did like a lot of the themes in that. I did like... um. Well, <laughs> I like Bump of Chickens Zero, but um, I also love love that they incorporated that song into the story as well because it's the song that Ace sings, yeah. and he only knows so many of the lyrics. And it's nice that there's actually a connection. Um, yeah, so that like, and that's I think that's the good thing about when you hear these things like um, with Yuna's theme being Suteki Dane, and they incorporating into other different po- parts. Yeah, you hear it in these different like broken up ways. And then when the main theme kicked in at the end of the game, like it has a connection. Yeah. You can feel based on what's happened throughout the game, like it has that extra layer of depth. Yeah. And it wasn't even like they they kind of had like two themes in ten really, because you had Sudiki Dana, but then you also had the Hymn of the Faith as well, which was so big and that was huge in the ending theme as well. But yeah, no, I definitely think that in thirteen at least that's that was missing quite a bit because I can I I can barely remember. So that's any of the songs. I, I think that to me is what has been missing since Uematsu left. It's the memorability. Mm. The production value is great. Yeah, uh, the production values improved significantly. It's just that every every soundtrack has tons of music on it, mm. and you can listen back, and it was. A, I'm not going to tell the 12 story again, but it's very hard for you can't. I, I, people say that they can do it all the time, but you can play random sa- tracks to people from 12 and they have no idea mm-hmm. where it was played or what necessarily yeah, was no. going on at the time. I remember you tried to do that with some people and it was just like, oh, that's embarrassing. It's just, it just um, doesn't work. And, and although, it, with all that being said, though, um, 14 soundtrack has been pretty spot on. The new one, A Realm Reborn. Yeah. That one. 
I've really liked pretty much everything. And I don't care. Like, I know that a lot of it is kind of, like, inspired by Uematsu because, like, some of it is from older themes. But, like, it almost has come into its own. Like, I mean, the fact that they choose such interesting tracks for some of the battle themes, like Phase 2 of Sephiroth, which has recently come into light, and that's, like, this rock song. And, like, Phase 2 of um, Shiva's uh, battle as well. Like, they just... They incorporate so many different types of themes with Final Fantasy XIV and Born and Heaven's Board as well. And it's been really, really awesome. Um, I think that as well has just been... They, they really did a good job with that. I almost kind of wish that they did that as good a job with thirteen as they've done with fourteen. to be fair. Yeah. But, um, and then moving on to fifteen. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, um, Shimamura, she does have history of coming up with memorable themes yeah obviously she worked on street fighter yep. everyone knows the street fighter music yeah uh kingdom hearts like travis town dearly yeah. beloved do, 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 Kyrie's do, theme do, do. it's like yeah there's so much that's memorable um i remember being a bit concerned just because i felt like um there wasn't really like a, an uimatsu theme within kingdom hearts the only one i thought was like really epic was um the study and that only really plays in the very beginning and that's about it um and uh the fact that they've overused simple and clean so many freaking times it's just like geez let's just let that song die um (laughs) but like i was i was worried a little bit for final fantasy 15 but i don't know if maybe she was just extremely restricted with final fan or with kingdom hearts yeah, I mean, potentially, but I mean, what we've seen from 15 so far, obviously, we had Somnus. Somnus was what we had to latch onto for the yeah. like, years. And that was epic. But then, you know, the Dawn trailer music was really good. Mm. And the battle music that we've heard. Granted, it was kind of tiring to hear um, only the battle theme when we were playing Episode to Sky. Um, really wish we could have heard more area themes in that. But with the other trailers that we've seen where we've heard more final for more battle music um like this latest gameplay trailer it's epic it like with the piano and the production value is so so nice um i think she's really coming to her own but i'm almost concerned that they because this was originally a nomura game they might not use her for future Final Fantasy main series, I guess it will depend on how well this one is received, but I really hope that she can do it for the other ones as well. I think that's good shouts. I mean, Shirimura is obviously a, a very established composer, very well respected, um, but, you know, even internally they've got Ishimoto, who, you know, the, the City of Soundtrack yeah, Type Zero is great. It's true. Uh, and then Mizuta as well, as I said, I think what he did with 13 2 soundtrack was amazing, and Caius's theme in my mind, is a very strong rival to One-Winged Angel. Yeah. It's, it's such an awesome bad guy theme. I know. It just, it it, just has it's that... It's really good. It just has that epicness. Yeah. But to finalize my point about the lack of memorability, I think you only have to look at Distant Worlds and the fact that there have been many games, but they rarely ever feature tracks from 12. They've yeah. ne- I don't think they've ever done a 10-2 track. Mm. They rarely ever do anything from 13 mm. or 13-2 or Lightning Returns or Although 14. is that because it's pretty much Uematsu's baby? No, because they have done. It's true. They have done. Like um, Sakamoto. And they did is... just do a 13 one because Blinded by Light with Arnie Roth. Oh, that's gorgeous. Exactly. So, But they only ever do like that yeah. track. 
Yeah, they won't do like a random one. But yeah, I mean that that to me is is kind of it. There's no one really craving them to do any 13 tracks or Lightning Returns or anything like that. No, it's always Eris theme that people shout out. It's just like, geez, all right, Eris theme again. Um, I do like though that they play the more obscure tracks of the older games, but that is a testament to the fact of what people want even now. But I don't know if that will change 10 years online. You know, we have new. We have new people coming in, new people who've been introduced to the series with 13. Will they be as, um, will, will they have that same nostalgia? Well, I still factor? don't really see any modern Final Fantasy games being put on, uh, new lists of best gaming music. It's still the older tracks that get put in with yeah. tracks from like Mass Effect 3. And it's true. So it's, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. But, yeah. um, yeah, at the, at the moment, um, I'd say his his departure has yeah negatively impacted the memorability of the music. It's still very good and yeah. I'm not I'm not ragging on it even though it probably sounds like it, you know, I I really Yeah, no. I really enjoy the 132 soundtrack and I really enjoy the 102 soundtrack as well and I really enjoy um the 14 soundtrack and we're both really excited to see what happens with 15. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm super 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 duper excited. Right. After your super duper 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 excitement, uh, we've actually now got to go on our Patreon segment. Yay! Where Lauren got to speak to Barry Norton. Oh yeah, it was so awesome to speak to him. Um, yeah, we, we, we chatted all about favorite games, favorite characters, and all that sort of stuff. It's a really great, it's a really great little segment. So we hope you enjoy it. We're heading over to that now. Hey Barry, welcome to Final Fantasy Union. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say a big, huge thank you for supporting us on Patreon. It like helps us so much with this podcast. And um, yeah, no, thank you so much for your support. It's been absolutely amazing and very appreciative. That's okay. Uh, you've got a lot of content on your website. I hammered it over the last couple of months. So <laughs> all the interviews and chats and podcasts and uh, I loved all the interviews you did with the Type Zero cast and uh, the ones you did with Ali Hillis and the guy who plays Caius Ballard and, you know, you did Troy Baker and that. I just went back and listened to all of those and that's like really good, really yeah. good work. Great job. Oh, thank you. It's kind of crazy how many, how many voice actors we've, we've sort of gone through now. I mean... Looking back, it's just like wow that that's a, that's a lot of voice actors. Liam O'Brien is yeah he's he's one of the good ones, and um, I'm glad that you like the Type Zero ones. Uh, those were so much fun to do. Um, yeah. But either way, this is not about us, of course. This is about you. Um, so first of all, how long have you been listening to the show? Oh, I, I started listening to it last year, late last year, maybe like November, December time. And then just, you know, hammered the back catalogue there of things. So, so I'm up to date. <laughs> you get, managed to get through all 100 episodes? Well, uh, well, well <laughs> I listened to ones on YouTube, but I noticed that you got more. You had more on your website as well. So yeah. I dig through. Things like, you know. I've been wondering about whether or not I should put put the old ones up on YouTube, but it would just be a massive, like, load of videos and i don't know if people would get angry at me <laughs> i think at the minute if you were uploading them with like 15 minute segments it might be a bit much yeah. i know you've had some problems with uh, oh YouTube. yeah 
Yeah, you too lately. has been a brand. Hammer nonsense. So I, I uh, yeah, I feel for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I imagine that if you can put them up at a later date, like hour long ones, and that'd be. I think people would like that. Yeah, I think we only have about uh, maybe a, cu- a few months left, like four months until our ban is up. So, so hopefully it'll be it'll be quite soon that we'll be able to be back in our former glory. Um, yeah, not to do more work for you or anything. But nah. Just... <laughs> um, how did you find us originally? It, well, I was just searching for news about the Final Fantasy twelve remaster really just just looking on the internet and one of the hits that came up was the final fantasy chat that you did about it oh yeah yeah That's yeah just pure speculation really about like you know what's going to be in it and when it's yeah. coming out and stuff i think it was around the time that like arnie roth dropped that you know yep that bomb and uh, damn that arnie roth <laughs> so uh you know i listened to that chat and i was like oh hey this is this is interesting these guys these guys know what they're talking about and it's not like I don't know. I think a lot of YouTube personalities are very ranty and cynical and stuff. And it's quite refreshing to listen to you guys just be positive and chat and sort of. We don't hate the series that we're talking about. It's amazing. Right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought, huh? <laughs> no, it's it's just so much ranty and negativity, and you know, it's I, I like Final Fantasy so. I want to talk about it nicely. Yeah. Um, how did you get into Final Fantasy originally? That was, I think, the same way as Daryl, as just Final Fantasy VII. It was, it's, it's a story that everybody knows, I think, because it's just like most people. Yeah. That it, you know, it's PlayStation, and you know, it just everyone was talking about it, and it was in all the magazines, and a couple of friends at school who had got it, and. It was like, oh, this game, this Final Fantasy VII. I had to, I had to play it because everyone was talking about it, and I'd never played an RPG before, and I'd never played any turn-based game or anything. And I picked it up, and it, you know, it just blew my mind. It just was, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's. I think everyone can relate to that. I know, I know a lot of people. It's not really cool to say that you like Final Fantasy VII these days. I think mm. um, you know it's not very hip anymore because it's so mainstream. Yeah, but, uh, too mainstream you know, for us hipster people. I know it's like <laughs> no, no, I like Final Fantasy VI or Tactics or something like that. You know, yeah, all those mysterious ones. It, it was at the time. It was I'd never played anything like it. Like just if you think about all the games that are out. You know, at the time, like Tomb Raider and Resident Evil and Metal Gear Solid and, you know, Final Fantasy VII is just like up there as well. As It was just changed, changed the way you think about games, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's true, too. I think that's true for a lot of people that like uh, Final Fantasy VII or at least just Final Fantasy in general, like brought you into this new sort of genre of games. Um you know, like, who would have thought that, like, turn-based systems would be popular? Like, it's just be so popular with Final Fantasy VII way back when. Like, I mean, granted, like, they had the whole series beforehand, obviously. But, like, a lot of people wouldn't have thought of playing an RPG quite like that before Final Fantasy VII. And it really, really, really did did bring it into the forefront for games and 
like sort of almost paved the way for games like Persona and and that kind of thing. Um, but no, I know I I never played a turn based RPG before Final Fantasy. I think I'd heard of a lot, but I hadn't like actually played any until Final Fantasy VII. But no, it is interesting. So with that in mind. Which game would you say is your absolute favorite? Would it be Final Fantasy VII? Uh, the, yeah, the boring answer to that is yes. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think, or, or like since then, I've been one of those guys that you know, it's like, what's the best game of all time? It's like Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy yeah. VII. And you know, I'll strike you down if you disagree with me. You know, it's like just it was such a big thing at the time. Yeah. But I played it again recently on the PS4. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've not played this game for like 15 years, and it, maybe, maybe it's not all that perfect, you know. I think the my view of it was kind of rose tinted, and I think, you know, uh, there, there, maybe it, maybe it isn't the best one. Uh, it's the one that I have the most love for, just because, just because it introduced me to the series. But I think, objectively speaking, I think. Nine is probably the best, like the, the better one. I think that I could. If, uh, I was talking to you earlier on uh, that if I was going to ad- advise someone who'd never played the game before, Final Fantasy, that they should play Nine just because it has such a good story and good characters, and the graphics still hold up pretty well because it's got like cartoony style. And I was saying that it's it's a bit like a Studio Ghibli type art style that it's got going and it's got such good mini games and the leveling system is pretty good. It's not often, it's a lot more user friendly than eight for a start. I like, you know, the junction system is not the most user friendly thing. (laughs) Nope. Uh, I don't think I even fully understood it. It's just fun. Final Fantasy nine. And I think that it's got, it's like a tribute to all the other games. It's got all the best bits from previous games. So uh, objectively speaking, I've been watching my girlfriend play Final Fantasy nine recently uh just a playstation version you know like um and it's just it's just really good it's yeah just, I'm like, you know what this is probably is a better game than final fantasy 7 uh but yeah i still i still the 7 was just that game you know that just it, it opened me up to you know it it's the game that made me think that video games could be more than yeah you know because it was like living in a world. It was like it was like an like a as epic and as sort of absorbing as any like epic film trilogy or novel. You know, it was just had so much story and so much backstory and all these characters that you just grew to love on this journey. And you know, by the end of it, you're like, oh man, just you were so hyped to take down the last boss because you've been so far. <laughs> And so much had happened. I mean, it's like three discs, you know. I know. And took you on a trip around the world. And and I still remember the bit where you escaped from Midgar. And and just, you know, bearing in mind, I never played anything like that game at the time. And, you know, you walk out of the gate and you're in this open world. And you're like, oh, what What do I do now? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like really overwhelming, isn't it? It is. And... You know, you st- I stopped off at the first town, Calm. Mm. And that's a contrast to like the huge city 
of Midgar. It's like a like a little rural town with little people walking around and and when and, and when you stop at the inn and you hear Cloud's backstory about Sephiroth and how, you know, he's telling a story about his hero and he went, you know, it's like and I'm like, how much whoa, there's such backstory and attention <laughs> to detail. Yeah. And you get that that feeling that there's more to this game and, and you know, something like seventy hours or something to complete it the first time. Yeah. And Oh man, what a game that was! And I'm really looking forward to the remake because I just think more people should play it. And I think, I think it'd be hard for some people to go back and play that game now. And it, even me, I I, feel, I find it quite slow. Uh, I played yeah. it on three times speed a lot on the PS4. You can speed the speed up uh, to three times, and I didn't do any of the other cheats though. I didn't turn off <laughs> random encounters or, or still hardcore about that. But yeah. I think it's what, uh, just, I just don't have the time to grind these days. Nah, me neither. Like, I, uh, I think I got to like the end bit of Final Fantasy 3 recently, and I just was like, oh, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. It's just, I was it's watching so you much. Play it. I've been watching you play that Twitch stream. <laughs> Very III. badly I, as well. <laughs> <laughs> it I'm was just funny, like, oh, though. Gosh. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a good example for what I don't like about it nowadays is that I was watching you play the stream, which was quite entertaining, but then it's like, oh, there's two places you can go. Yeah. You can go in the tower, which is full of really badass monsters that kill you in one hit. Or you can go to the cave, which is yeah. also full of really tough monsters that kill you in one hit. So <laughs> what do you have to do? Run up and down on the spot for like half an hour, finding yep. little bugs to get stronger before you can actually progress. And it's like, I know. It's what do you want to do after a hard day at work and you want to unwind? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to sit there and like, oh yeah, I'm going to do some grinding. That'd be great. Oh gosh. Just, I don't mind it. Like when you're on your way somewhere, you know, if you, if you, if you're wandering around, you're doing quests and you're fighting, I don't mind random encounters, but just fighting for the sake of just gaining levels it's just really time consuming these days oh my gosh yeah and like final fantasy one is is really grindy like i remember getting through that and i was just like this game is pretty much completely grind like it's grind 100 percent grind and um but yeah no i don't know i don't know how i i just spent out i must have just spent hours when i was a kid playing these games and just just loving it just loving grinding and then, yeah, as I've gotten older, I'm just like, well, I'd rather watch like a series or I'd rather like get through the game and get through the story. I don't want to have to just grind. Like this is, ah, I don't like this, but I still love it. Like I still love the game and the grind is worth it in the end. But yeah, the older games are, are hard to get through compared to the newer games. Definitely. Especially like Final Fantasy 13, where it's like level cap, so it's like you can't grind any further. I'm sorry to tell you, but you have yeah. to try and beat this boss uh, using your brain and and going for and it. That is one of the things I really like about Final Fantasy 13 is that it takes it takes skill. Anyone who says that you just mash all battle constantly mm. has never actually played the game because it's it. Most of Final Fantasy 7, my playthrough was three times speed. Hammering the X button, just yep. attack, attack. You just you can basically get through the entire game just attacking. And I think like, oh my god, if you're not concentrating on Final Fantasy 13, if you shift paradigms at the wrong second, you mm -hmm. just get killed. And some enemies are so tough. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. You just have to like stop, rejig all your party, rejig all your weapons, reshuffle your paradigm decks, and try again. And then you beat them first time. And yeah. It's, oh, it's I, I I like that. I know it's not a cool thing to say, but I like Final Fantasy Thirteen. Hey, I I say screw the cool thing to say. I think Final Fantasy Thirteen had a lot of positive notes. I think it had the story. The story was a bit rough. I think the story could have been better, but the gameplay that was spot on in my opinion. That and um, 13.2. The story is subjective as well. I think whether or not you like the story or like the characters. I mean, if you didn't like the story and you didn't like the characters, that's fine. I I did. So, well, that's subjective, really. Yeah, exactly. I hated hated Final Fantasy. This is a a call to people who might be listening that hated it at the time. I've been converted recently (laughs) because I hated Final Fantasy 13 at the time. I was so disappointed with it. I, you know, I booked the day off work on like the Friday, and I played Aww. it for like a long weekend. And I think it just wasn't the game that I was expecting. And I put about like twenty something hours into it. And uh, I remember the bit you beat Bartandalus that time, and you escape on an airship. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, got an yeah. airship finally. And yeah. then the airship just crashes into a building, and you're like, what, what? Great. And then there's like a line in it where. Um, I think it's like Fang or Lightning. It's like, oh yeah, this place is like full of monsters, and it's a place for the sea to grind out levels. And I was like, no, more <laughs> corridors. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I just stopped playing it, and I never picked it up again. And uh, you know, that when was that? Like two thousand and nine or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I was. Yeah, I was. When I, I played it last year, uh, I, I thought, you know, because a friend of mine was playing it on the PC, and he was like, why does everyone hate this game? And I was like. Dude, it's just rubbish. It's rubbish. <laughs> but I, I picked it up for like a, you know like three quid in the game shop, and I and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this game another try. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's it's probably it's probably the weakest Final Fantasy game. I'll admit that. Yeah. You know, but I think yeah, because I knew what to expect from it. You know, I think expectation is like a, a you know a big thing. Oh, definitely. It's just not. It's not what I wanted at the time, but it's a, it's a decent RPG. I think if you're into Japanese RPGs, and it's it's a decent game. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a, a lot, and I, I played it, and I explored Grand Pulse and did most of the side missions. I, tried. <laughs> I think I got like up to the 50s in the side missions, and, and it was just too hard, so I just completed the game, but it was great yeah yeah no like that's the that's the thing that we've sort of been saying lately is just the fact that yeah 13 yeah sure it might be weak as a final fantasy game but it's not a bad game like none of the final fantasy games are really that bad except for maybe final fantasy 14 the original like that's probably the only time that they were like really really bad and at least in the main series but um I'm not a my MMO guy, actually. I've been tempted by Realm Reborn because everyone mm. said it's really good, but I don't, you know, like I've never played World of Warcraft or anything like that. So oh, no, I, I, I don't touch, I rarely touch them, if only because I know that I will get addicted. I, I have a very addictive <laughs> personality, and like I used to play Sims all the time. Like I would play, I've played every single Sims game, um, with the exception of the new four ones. Cause I've had to restrain myself since I have a child now and I can't do that. Um, but like, yeah, my, my girlfriend really likes the Sims as well. It's, it, she, 
she spends hours just like downloading mods to The Sims 2. I think just it's like shopping, I suppose, yeah. just looking for new curtains and I know. Like, oh, I love it. These pictures that people have made, and, and but, then she'll just spend ages dressing her Sims, and that's just like. And like Final Fantasy fourteen is also, I can definitely like with the amount of missions there are to complete, you you have to spend a lot of time doing it, and like the raids as well, like leveling up and stuff. You spend a lot of time doing it. But I will say it is it is really great. That's actually my first MMO ever, just because I've been so afraid of playing MMOs, and also because I wasn't allowed to play Final Fantasy eleven growing up because my parents didn't trust people on the internet, which is. Uh, Weird how that completely 180'd now. <laughs> it's just like, my parents were just like, no, we don't want you playing, we don't want you meeting creepy people on the internet. And I was just like, like oh, well. Final Fantasy on the internet. Oh, yeah, right. I know. And then I married a guy who I met on the internet. So I don't know what happened there. Oh, well. <laughs> but um, either way, um, so we've talked about your favorite game a bit. Um, what about your favorite character? Do you have a favorite character? I want to say, like, Sephiroth, uh, but, you know, it's a bit cliche, isn't it? Uh, I don't think I'm so. To a cool guy now and think of something. I think, uh, I think Sephiroth's an interesting one to have as a favorite, because I, I feel like a lot of people would say, like, Cloud or, or Squall or, like, one of the main protagonists, but it's interesting that you say Sephiroth. Um, is it, is, I'm guessing it's just from his, like, sort of backstory? Yeah, yeah, he was he was like the coolest dude. Like back in the day when I played that game, he was such a, you know, he's just such a good bad guy. You know, yeah, he just wants to God and to destroy everything and just, <laughs> destroy all you know, worlds. He was uh, experimented on in the womb, and he was like, you know, he's like some weird alien human hybrid of some kind, and he's got all kinds of issues. Yeah, bombing issues. He was a really weird guy. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I really like him. You find him interesting. Well, recently, and I really like Zach as well. Yeah. I thought, you know, Plus it's, Zach. It's, good. it's well written, really well written. Crisis Core, and you know, Zach is really cool. They're, they're all good. They're all good, though, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, no, they they really know how to write good characters in Final Fantasy. So with that in mind, uh, for our last question, um, how excited are you for Final Fantasy Fifteen? Very. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's easy to be really cynical about it and, and just be like, oh yeah, I'm, I believe you when I see it. I'm going to assume that it's going to be rubbish until I've actually played it. But I think I just think that it's going to be really good. I everything that I've seen about it has been really, really amazing. You know, it's got. It just looks like it's got everything like action set pieces like uncharted and driving and exploring the wilderness like the witcher and uh you know it's got the stealth bits and metal gear and <laughs> apparently it's <laughs> gonna be gear. like a like a story driven road trip like the last of us and i think from if they can pull it off and just that's like oh, they oh, they said recently that they're just going for like a horror element in the cave yeah. as well, and I feel oh, like it's in yeah. every box possible. It's got it's got the potential to be the most epic game ever, and it reminds me of Final Fantasy VII in the, the time that game. You know, you get to go to the bottom of the sea in a submarine, and you get to fly in an airship, and you get to 
you know, go into orbit on a rocket. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you go to the center of the Earth. You go to the Earth's core to fight like the main bad guy at the end. And it's just like, I feel like Final Fantasy XV could be like the new, you know. I know, I know Tabata said recently that he's looking to have that kind of impact mm. as, as Final, Final Fantasy VII did. And I think. I'm optimistic that it's going to be that it's going to be the best game ever made. I'm going on record. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> going on record, saying it. Yeah, saying it now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's going to be good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for our uh, segment. But thank you so much again for supporting us on Patreon, and it was it was really fun to chat with you. Well, thanks for listening to me ramble on about stuff for however long it's been. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Just a reminder, if you'd like to come on the show, as Barry just did, then please head over to Patreon to find out exactly how you can do that. Hmm. <laughs> right, now moving on to the question segment. If you want to ask questions, please email us Please email us at podcast at com, or we generally put up posts before the show's coming out, so p- feel free to put your questions on Facebook and or Twitter. So, Lauren, do you want to take this first question? Sure thing. This first one is from Jordan Christofferson, who asks, uh, should there be another racing game in the series like Chocobo Racing and P- uh, the PS1? This first one is from Jordan Christofferson, who asks, should there be another racing game in the series like Chocobo Racing um, for the PS1? For some reason, I really like the idea of having Leon trying to be angsty in a cute little go-kart. I, I would really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, it was actually, there was one in the works, but it got canned. Oh, yeah. sadness. It was, I think it was announced like five or six years ago and it was in development for about a year. Yeah. And then they cancelled it, which was a shame. And I think, I mean, everyone always thinks that Mario Kart has kind of got a monopoly on it, but all you got to do is look at Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. Oh, uh, how did they know that you were going to bring that up? It's a great game, all right? Yeah, you love it. You love it. My family I... even enjoyed playing that game, and they hate gaming. I would love um, for something like Itadeki Street to come over with Final Fantasy. I think like a Final Fantasy board game, like sort of in the likes of... What's that got to do with kart racing? Mario. I, I just think that should come over instead. Instead of kart racing? Or in conjunction with kart racing, there could be racing sections with... Final Fantasy characters in it for uh, a Mario Party type type game. Final Fantasy Party, Final Fantasy Party. That's where I was going with it. Like Mario Party. Yes. Final Fantasy Party. Final Fantasy Party instead. with racing segments included. With racing segments. There are racing segments. There are. I think there are some Mario parties. Yeah. 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 Pushy yeah. penguins. Pushy penguins. Pushy and <laughs> pushy squalls. Pushy moogles. <laughs> you have to push the angsty squall off the iceberg. <laughs> But um, but as for racing games, yeah, I think that they would be. It would be fun to have a little go kart thing. Cloud could be riding the little um, the little bus or the motorcycle, whichever. Motorcycle would probably be motorcycle more appropriate. Motorcycle would probably be more appropriate. Yeah. Um, Titus would be riding the chocobo because that's the worst part about Final Fantasy X, and he's trained so hard with that stupid chocobo that he should be. He should be really good. I guess would uh, would Zidane have uh, an airship, like a mini airship, maybe? Could do. That someone's got to be riding around an airship. Someone well, should probably be riding probably around. Probably Balthier or something. Well, Balthier and Fran are going to be on their on their little bike motorbike. Thing. But yeah. then Vaughn could be riding around in uh, in the straw. Snow would be on. Shiva. It sounds a bit wrong, but he'll be on Shiva. Snow would be riding Shiva. Snow would be riding Shiva. Yep. For Final Fantasy VI, you'd have to have those um, Magitech Magitech armor, definitely. Final Fantasy 4. Could we just have Cecil just running? 
Just, Potentially, yeah. <laughs> just have a dragoon just running. Um, but yeah, and then no, five I, would have a chocobo as well. I, I, I think that there's there's more than enough to suggest that a Final Fantasy... Basically, like, they, they've got this whole Dissidia, Theatrhythm kind of theme going on here where they just bring them all together. Yeah. And they sell. So yeah, they I do. don't know why they wouldn't just think, all right, let's just make a uh, kart racing game featuring all these characters. Yeah. As long as the game is good... Yeah. As we've shown with this idea and theatre them. As fun. It will sell. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't necessarily have to be Chocobo themed. No, no, it doesn't. You can have a little bit of creativity. But yeah, anyways. All right, so this next question is from Philip W. Nord, who asks, do you mind when a sequel completely changes the mood of the original title, like Ten Two did, or gameplay-wise, like Lightning Returns? Um. Well, I'd argue that the gameplay does change quite a bit between Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X 2. Granted, it's still, like, action RPG or whatever, but... Or, sorry, not action RPG. <laughs> turn-based RPG. Um, but with Lightning Returns, don't forget. But just with Lightning com- Returns... You got rid of the party. It's, it's completely just, different. Yeah. yeah, it's completely different. Um, As far as, like, that goes, I don't really mind with Ten Two because it's kind of like... um, It's almost kind of like not an exact sequel even though it is if that makes sense i mean it is a sequel like don't get me wrong it it is it is a sequel i know that for a fact but it's just so different that i don't i'm not upset about it being so different if that makes sense yeah does that make yeah um with lightning returns it's just so different that it puts me off like it puts me off wanting to play it because i'm just kind of like i don't i don't really want to this isn't this isn't the same game that I want. Like this isn't it. It's almost like Dirge of Cerberus as well. I don't really want to play a shooting Final Fantasy game. I want to play either a turn-based RPG or maybe a bit of an action RPG, which I guess is similar to Lightning Returns. But even still, I'd rather have the turn-based. I think for me, it makes it's whether or not it makes sense. Yeah. So with with Ten Two, the fact that it changed the mood completely, it didn't bother me. No. Because it it made sense depend based around what they were trying to do and actually although it is kind of campy there's actually some very serious like it's probably in some ways more dark and sinister than the first game yeah i mean the den of woe is just ridiculous um that's really creepy because all of the characters get possessed and they all go against each other yep (laughs) it's like really 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 unsettling yeah and shiyan is like he's i'd say he's on par with creepiness with seymour yeah yeah he's really creepy like he's like to the point where you know he's he's gone insane yeah he's actually mad whereas seymour is mad but he still knows exactly what he's doing but yeah no i um i don't know i with sequels i guess if it's if it's more different it's it's more the more it's not ruining the the first game for me so i guess i'd rather it be different but i'd rather it be in the same gameplay i'd rather it have a different feel but the same gameplay or Mm. similar gameplay so in short, we don't mind that much as long as it's not terrible. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I didn't mind Dirge of Cerberus um, because it's, yeah, obviously the gameplay changed again, but I, I knew that what I was getting into when I played it. <laughs> you knew what you signed up for. Yeah, but the story, I mean, some people harp on the story, but I, I think the story was actually pretty decent. Like they introduced some new characters that were pretty strong um and it was good to kind of see more about vincent hojo obviously we know he's evil but it tried to be being even more evil um so yeah it's obviously advent children like the mood's kind of completely different it because we went from all right here's some blocky sprites 
to his full act voice acting FMVs, like with yeah, which is crazy, where isn't it? like the personalities of the characters are being enforced on us. So, like to me, that was like a massive change. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I I don't think it really matters that much as long as the game or whatever it is that they're making is 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 good and can stand on its own two feet. Yeah. Like if Dirge of Cerberus actually had some really strong gameplay, uh, as in like strong enough to stand up against other action adventure titles or third person shooters at that were cream of the crop at that time, I don't think I would necessarily have a problem with it. Yeah. It just doesn't. <laughs> so therefore no. So yeah. That's uh that's the questions we have this episode. If you want to get your question featured, please be sure to ask. If you didn't get your question featured, then don't worry. We're storing them all up. We uh, have plenty of questions that in in the locker room at the moment. <laughs> um, so, but you know, keep asking. There's always more that we can answer. It just happens that this episode we actually spent a long time talking about our main topic, probably longer than we were anticipating, as we have a crying baby to contend with. <laughs> Yay, crying baby! All right. So the music of this episode is from Final Fantasy VI. It's a remix of Cyan's theme by a good friend of ours. Well, he is now a good friend of ours. Ew. We went to a meetup with his. It's TPR. So uh, be sure to listen to that. He's got tons of different albums. It's very good. It's very, very good. I love all of his albums, really. So the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 29th of March, which is the day before Uncovered. Ooh. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. If you just search for Final Fantasy, we are the number one show in pretty much every region around the world. Uh, and of course, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, which is forward slash HF Union Vids. We've now got three months left until our strike is removed and we can go back to normal proceedings on there. Yay! So exciting. Of course, you can check out every episode at FinalFantasyUnion.com. Hopefully, if everything goes okay, you should have a new website to look at by the time this comes out. We'll see. Yes. Uh, also, remember, if you want to support us, please head over to Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And on that, it's time for Lauren to say goodbye. Bye, guys. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>